In 2017, a young girl arranged a date on the Tinder app with another girl she had been talking to for some time. But this meeting was the last time she was ever seen alive. This soon had repercussions in the broadcast media and on the internet. The Lincoln police, along with the state patrol and the FBI, joined together to try to find the girl and also the suspects who had disappeared. However, these suspects kept posting videos on the internet saying they didn't know anything about the case and they were innocent. Sydney was missing for practically three weeks before she was found in 13 different trash bags. This is the story of Sydney Loof. Sydney Irene Loof was born on August 21st, 1993 in Nebraska, USA, to Susie and George Loof, a teacher and school principal respectively. She also had two brothers, Levi and Mackenzie. Sydney lived with her family in Arcadia, Nebraska, until she was seven years old. She later moved to Neely, and then she entered Neely Oakdale Public School from second grade until her graduation in May 2011. Described as an attentive person with a good heart, spontaneous and cheerful, the young woman made friends very easily. She loved fishing and enjoyed playing basketball. She was extremely passionate about pets, especially her cat Mimsy. After graduating, Sydney worked as a cashier at a Menards store in Norfolk, but she was transferred to another unit and later moved to Lincoln. But even though she left her parents' house and went to work in another city, the family remained together. They were always together at dinners and celebrations and kept in touch by phone frequently. Her siblings were also living in Lincoln, which was great because Mackenzie liked to help Sydney with the housework and Levi helped her with car problems. Although everything appeared fine in Sydney's life, in 2017 she was diagnosed with depression and anxiety disorder. She reported that the medications prescribed by her doctor were not helping much with her psychological issues, so she looked for another doctor who changed her medication. After that, according to Susie, her daughter seemed much improved and happier with the new course of treatment. On November 16th, 2017, when Sydney was 24 years old, her colleagues thought it was strange that she had missed work, as this was unusual for her. They tried to contact her via messages but were unsuccessful. They tried calling her phone but nothing. So they thought it best to talk to her family because if something had happened, her family would probably know. When they called them, they became even more worried because her family did not even know that Sydney hadn't gone to work that day. The family went to Sydney's house and one fact caught their attention. Despite everything being in order, the cat was alone, without water or food, something that, knowing the young woman well, they knew she would never let happen. Mimsy was like a daughter to her. The disappearance was immediately reported, and the police confirmed that there were no signs of a break-in or robbery. They also noticed that her car was parked in the usual place. At first, the police did not believe that anything serious could have happened, 
but the family insisted that the authorities look for the young woman. Her mother showed the police that Sydney had posted a photo on Snapchat the night before with the caption, Ready for my date. With this new information, investigators assumed that something might in fact have happened and began to speak to her friends to try to better understand the situation. Still on the 16th, in a statement, a friend confirmed that Sydney had indeed been on a date and added that it was with a girl called Audrey, whom she had met through the dating app Tinder. Sydney had also shown this friend a photo of Audrey. She tried to describe to the police what this girl looked like. She didn't remember much, but she agreed that through Tinder she would try to find the girl's photo, take a screenshot and get back to them. But this friend of Sydney's did much more than that. She didn't stop until she found the suspect's profile, took a screenshot and started a conversation with her. And it didn't take long for Audrey to give her her contact number. As soon as she returned to the police, Sydney's friend gave them this crucial information. The police said she shouldn't have done that as she could have been putting her own life at risk. But the friend assured them that she wasn't using an original profile while chatting with Audrey. While the police tried to obtain information from that number, the days passed and there was still no sign of Sydney. On November 21st, six days after she was reported missing, the family created a Facebook page. The national media quickly became aware and published the facts of the case. Posts on social media about the disappearance went viral. The boys on the Valentine High School basketball team, coached by Sydney's brother Levi, put green ribbons on their shoes. Their opponents in O'Neill wore green warm-up gear to show their support. The green ribbons became a symbol of the search for Sydney. It didn't take long for people to tie green ribbons to trees, poles and mailboxes across the city. The commotion was great. George Loof, Sydney's father, even appeared on television making an appeal. On behalf of our family, I would like to uh, thank all of you, uh, all of the people that have made the pins, made the, the flyers, uh, gotten the word out on social media, uh, all the support uh, that our family has received. Uh, continue that, uh, and uh, thank you for all of your prayers. And uh, in my opinion, someone knows something. Please, please do the right thing. Thank you. Soon after, a report came out about Sydney's cell phone number and also Audrey's number, the girl that Sydney supposedly met on the night of the 15th. Unfortunately, this girl was not called Audrey. Her real name was Bailey Boswell, 25 years old, with a police record for drug involvement, who lived in an area where Sydney's cell phone had registered a signal for the last time before being completely disconnected. Bailey was contacted and when questioned said that she had in fact met Sydney and that they had met twice before. She also reported that she had met her on the 15th, the night before her disappearance, but that after the meeting, Sydney left and they did not speak to each other again. 
After being interviewed, she was released. It seems that this response by the police did not please someone who was keen for the mystery to be solved, because days later, someone leaked Bailey's photo, still as Audrey on Tinder. It didn't take long to find her Facebook profile, which consequently featured a boyfriend named Aubrey Trail, 51 years old. The police, seeing all this movement on the internet throughout the week, were also able to track down information about Aubrey, who had formerly been convicted of robbery. He was not on the run. He had already been arrested and released. With all this, in the early afternoon, the police arrived at the address they got for him, which was in a city called Fall City, two hours away from Lincoln. When they arrived at the scene, a woman who said she was Aubrey's ex-girlfriend answered the police officers. She said he didn't live there anymore and she didn't know where he could be. In the end, the officers left their phone number, just in case she remembered something. It is not known whether this ex-girlfriend was lying or not, but it appears that she contacted him. The next day, Aubrey called the police on the number left at his ex's house. On the phone, he said where he lived. The address given by him was the same address given by Bailey as his residence, in Wilbur. The police then issued a search warrant for the house to bring him to the police station to give a statement and at the same time search the property for possible clues. When the police arrived at night, no one was in the apartment. The owner of the property, which was rented, was contacted and the police waited until he arrived to open the door. As soon as they entered, everyone noticed a strong smell of bleach disinfectant. Clearly someone had just done a serious cleaning of the place. Lincoln police joined the Nebraska State Patrol and the FBI in the search for the missing woman and the new suspects. Well, what they didn't know was that the police already had very suspicious activities of the two captured on security cameras. Hey, você se interessa por crimes reais, serial killers, coisas macabras e tem um senso de humor um tanto quanto sórdido? Se sim, você não está sozinho. Se você precisa de um lugar recheado de pessoas como você, venha conhecer o podcast Pátria Amada Criminal. Todas as semanas tentamos entender o pior da humanidade. Nesse processo a gente ri, chora, fica brava, fofoca, porque afinal de contas é assim que a gente fala quando está entre amigos. Suas novas melhores amigas trevosas estão aqui no Pátria Amada Criminal. On the morning of November 15th, at 10.25am, the day Sydney was last seen, Bailey and Aubrey were seen walking into Home Depot, a department store. They stayed there for nine minutes, and at 10.34 they were seen at the checkout, passing the following purchases, mini saws, cloths and a pocket knife. On Sydney's work cameras... She is seen entering at 11.57am and four minutes later, at 12.01pm, Aubrey enters through the same door. When he enters, Sydney is leaving. We don't know why. But Aubrey continues entering the store and doesn't hide it by looking back in her direction as he walks. He stays in the store for 20 minutes, buys a few things and leaves for the parking lot. A few minutes later... 
Sydney returns to the store, and as soon as she enters, Aubrey comes out the other side towards the parking lot exit again. Almost 20 minutes later, at 12.41pm, he and Bailey are seen in another store buying a mini-saw. Authorities also confirmed that later that afternoon, they were at Dollar General purchasing trash bags and cleaning supplies, some hours before Sydney's encounter. Sydney's phone number records show around 140 messages exchanged with Bailey, and the last one was at 6.45pm when Bailey texted, I'm already out here. On November 29th, Bailey and Aubrey posted a video on Facebook. The recording was made by Bailey, who the entire time didn't focus on his face, just focused on her face, which was she clearly trying to hide as she was wearing a coat hood and very large sunglasses. Good morning, Lincoln and Omaha and probably several other places. This is Aubrey Trail and this is Bailey Boswell, I guess. Y'all also know her as Audrey. But we've spent the last few days watching ourselves being slammed and crucified in the newspapers and the news and everything else, so we thought it was time we had our say. Uh, we're not trying to defend anything. We're not trying to make you believe anything. We just feel we should get to say our side since everyone else gets to say theirs. Unlike the Lincoln Police Department and Salim County Police Department and all those folks, everything we're going to tell you, you're going to be able to pick up the phone or have a newspaper pick up the phone and very easily verify it. I am going to talk for a minute, then Bailey here is going to tell you about her two dates with Sydney, and uh, we'll go from there. They're telling you that they have all these leads that Sydney was last seen in um, Wilbur and such. What they're not telling you is that we are the two people who gave them all these leads. I call the Falls City Police Department because they went to my ex's house and looking for me. So I called to find out what was going on. Apparently they did not know my address in Wilbur. They thought I still lived in Falls City. I talked to the sergeant there. I told him what my address was in Wilbur. That night, they went to my house and searched our house. You've already crucified us in the newspapers. You've already crucified us on Facebook. You know, in America, I sure thought it was a trial first, but I guess not. You've heard all of this stuff about my criminal history. All true. Been convicted of bad checks and forgery and all that good stuff never been convicted of anything like uh, I guess I'm a person of interest on now I pray for Sydney I hope she's found soon um, I wish the family the best uh, I'm sorry that she wasn't with you on Thanksgiving and that's pretty much all I can say for now here's Bailey to tell you whatever she wants to I'm fixing to step aside and get out of this thank you for listening Hi, good morning. I'm Bailey, Audrey on Tinder, and a few other names because I have warrants, but this really isn't about me. This is about Sydney, and I'm just kind of want to tell you what I've already told the Lincoln police more than one time. I met her on a Tuesday. We drove around Lincoln, smoked weed.
had a great time. We hit it off. I dropped her off at home, picked her up the next night at her house. We drove around, smoked weed again, made our way to my house where we smoked wax and shatter, and I gave her a quarter ounce of some really good weed. Uh, I went to take her home and she asked me to drop her off at a friend's house, so I did so. I gave her my number. We were planning to go to the casino that weekend. Um, I mean, I haven't heard from her since. I just, I really don't even know what else to say. I've been seeing all this stuff on the news presses and the magazines and the news and I just I guess I just want the family to know that I'm truly sorry and I didn't have anything to do with this and I hope that Sydney is found very soon she is a sweet amazing girl um I don't know Babe do you have anything else to say I hope also that Sydney's found soon we wish the family the best we're Sorry you're going through this. I wish Sydney the best. But as far as the police department, f you. The video was shared hundreds of times in minutes. The case was already receiving a lot of attention on social networks and in the media. The following day, the couple's Facebook pages were deleted and Aubrey recorded a new video alone, posted on a new account, which was also later deleted. Hi folks, Aubrey Trail here. A uh, few little things I want to talk about. I've been watching all day. I just watched the news. That's why I'm making this. So, so far today, from the comments, uh, we have apparently murdered this lady. We have apparently put her into human trafficking and sold her. And not only did we do that, we used the money. We went to the casino that weekend and use the money that we sold her for. My attorney is Doug Mertz, M-E-R-Z, Fall City, Nebraska. He is not only my attorney, he is the county attorney there. Feel free to contact him. He is the one who represents me in pretty much everything when I need representation. I send him mine and Bailey's statement. By now, the Lincoln Police Department should have those statements. Um, be it, if I'm a thief, I'm a thief. But I'd be goddamned, I've never killed anyone in my life. I've never hurt a female in my life. So take that for whatever the hell it's worth. But listen to some of your comments. Listen to what you're saying. Just sit back and read what you're writing. You've got us, you know nothing about us except that I have a criminal history, that I'm no longer with the criminal activity, and I run a legitimate business now. Yes, I have warrants, but I've had warrants for years. I've got a warrant in Minnesota that's been there for 12 years. Um, but we've pretty much decided to turn ourselves in because um, we've pretty much been convicted anyway. And if, you know, if we keep running, I guess maybe it's gonna look bad for you. But, hey, you know, we don't want to go to jail. I sure as hell don't want to go to jail on some trumped-up gun charge, but it looks like that's what's going to happen. But I'd be goddamned 
if I'm going to be stand here and be accused of doing something to someone you pretty much blatantly said that we murdered this girl. You blatantly said that we've sold her into some kind of trafficking. This is just, it's ridiculous, it's ludicrous. The same day he posted this video, November 30th, 2017, Bailey and Aubrey were found staying at a hotel in Branson, Missouri, and they were arrested. Detained in custody, and now with the team focused on the couple's lives, the police discovered that the couple often invited young women through apps to fulfil sexual fantasies that included consensual sex with the practice of mechanical asphyxiation. It was with this objective that they found or chose Sydney, something they did not deny. They said that there was sex on the second night, but that she went home. Based on this principle, the police theorised the following. On their first date, November 14th, Bailey went alone. The two talked, walked around the city, used alcohol and drugs. So Bailey asked Sydney if they could see each other again the next day. Sydney agreed, and on the 15th, the two met. But this time, Sydney was brought to Bailey's apartment, where Aubrey also lived. It was inside that, unfortunately, Sydney died, and the couple disposed of the body, probably dismembering it. And this theory was confirmed on December 4th, when the first garbage bag with parts of Sydney's body was found in a ditch in the city. In total, 13 bags were found. They knew it was Sydney from the tattoo she had on her arm. There were 14 bags because it was identified that one of the members was missing. That part was never found. The couple was accused of conspiracy to murder. The camera images demonstrated the premeditated action of murder as the execution was proven. And finally, there was the concealment of a corpse. In the county where they were being tried, the crime of premeditated murder can lead to life in prison. Both accepted the right to be defended by public lawyers and had separate trials. The first hearing was in June 2019 for Aubrey's trial. His defence lawyer presented a version of the facts to try to eliminate the possibility of a life sentence in prison. They said the act was not planned. The intimate encounter involved only erotic asphyxiation with the aim of increasing Sidney Loof's pleasure. This ended up going wrong and their next decision, to get rid of the body, was completely wrong. He also added that Aubrey and Bailey had already had sex with third parties, always consensually, and that previously they even had a steady girl that they met with. But she had left and they were looking for a replacement. He also said that Aubrey and Sydney had a closer relationship than people thought and that she willingly participated in the couple's fantasy. This was denied by FBI investigators who said they found no evidence of online activity that proved she knew him, just Bailey. A 22-year-old girl testified against Aubrey, saying she had met Bailey in the summer of 2017 and was convinced to travel with the two of them and other girls after being paid $200 a week. She also said the group had a strange conversation 
where all the women were called witches and that he called himself a vampire. They preached that to strengthen everyone's energy, the group needed to practice sexual acts. This witness explained that until then, even though it was strange, nothing was too much trouble, given the various sexual fantasies that she had already fulfilled for other partners. But when the couple suggested that Bailey was now the queen of witches and that everyone would gain powers if they tortured victims, even to the point of death, she simply left. Around 11.30am when the judge called the next witness, Aubrey shouted, Bailey is innocent and I curse you After that, he cut his own neck with an unidentified object. Many say it was just a pen. The judge immediately asked everyone to stop recording and he was rushed to the hospital. The hearing returned at 2pm and the judge ordered it to continue even without his presence. Months later, he returned to court in a wheelchair. Furthermore, he was forced to go through the entire trial in handcuffs to avoid other complications. The defence took advantage and tried to use Aubrey's apparently fragile health as a mitigating factor. He pleaded guilty to only one of the three charges, that of hiding the corpse. At first, Aubrey said that he was the leader of a type of sexual cult, that his group had witches and he was a vampire. It confirmed his beliefs in witchcraft, where female witches would gain powers if they tortured and killed for him. He said that he had paid Sydney to perform a sexual ritual with some women and that she had died accidentally during this act. At Bailey's trial, she maintained that she was innocent and confirmed the story that the group was made up of people called witches and vampires and concluded by saying that Sydney's death was the result of sexual acts with her boyfriend. Women who had previously been in relationships with Bailey and Aubrey testified again. One of them reaffirmed the payment of money for sexual acts, and she had walked away when the couple said that to continue, she would need, together with other women, to torture and kill a person. Another witness testified that Bailey repeatedly talked about torture and dismemberment. So in June 2021, after about three hours of deliberation, the jury found Aubrey guilty and he was sentenced to death. Months later, it was Bailey's turn to go to court to hear the sentence. In November that same year, she was sentenced to life in prison. Sydney Loof, a simple and hard-working girl who was just making new friends through an app, didn't feel the danger and ended up crossing paths with the wrong people whose only objective was to do evil. Hey, você se interessa por crimes reais, serial killers, coisas macabras e tem um senso de humor um tanto quanto sórdido? Se sim, você não está sozinho. Se você precisa de um lugar recheado de pessoas como você... Venha conhecer o podcast Pátria Amada Criminal. Todas as semanas tentamos entender o pior da humanidade. Nesse processo a gente ri, chora, fica brava, fofoca, porque afinal de contas é assim que a gente fala quando está entre amigos. Suas novas melhores amigas trevosas estão aqui no Pátria Amada Criminal. 